So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Life After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 7. This week, Amber gets a mystery call from a man in prison. Lindsay is ready to defend her rights to the house. Marcelino bribes the employee at the Desert Moon. Chevelle defaces public property with Myela. Andrea blows up at Lamar again. And Sarah gets all goo-goo-eyed for Michael again. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things? Things are going okay. Our semester's winding down, so... I guess that means stress is getting higher. We got a lot of grade grubbing students and uh, a lot of end of term grading happening right now. Yeah, well, your quarter, your semester ends up a little bit more than mine. I still have almost a month. I have like three weeks left. Oh, really? So yeah, no wonder you guys uh, end so late at the uh, end of the year. Yeah, we've already had. Yeah, we just do everything, everything later than you guys. But all right. Anyway, this show. This show. Yes, this show has nothing to do with any of the <laughs> any of the teacher things we've got going on right now. Right. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with, uh, I'm going to start with Chevelle and Quaylen. So Quaylen is talking to a sister who we get to see her complete name. And it's like the craziest name, Quaviance. Yeah, but he calls yeah. her Q, baby. So, you know, Right, whatever. right. So he's calling her on the phone. He tells her that he's thinking about Chevelle and Myela too much. Quaylen confides in his sister that he's going to go to Branson to try save his family. Q-Baby thinks this is a terrible idea and she doesn't support it at all. Quaylen says that he's ready. He's not ready to give up. Then he'll take her advice. But he just wants her not to tell his mom. Meanwhile, Chevelle and Myela are coloring on a public picnic table with markers, which... Yes, I had issues yeah, with that. Many, yeah, many, many. <laughs> Myela asks about Daddy and says she misses him and wants him to come back home. Chevelle is getting sentimental, saying she never had to tell Quaylen how to be a dad. He just did it. Myela doesn't understand what's going on. Chevelle tries to pave the way for breaking the news of their breakup by saying that no matter what happens, she loves Myela and so does Quaylen. We get a commercial clip of Quaylen video chatting Myela and asking her what she learned that day in school. She sings the ABCs as Quaylen beatboxes an ending for her. Meanwhile, Chevelle, Myela, and Chevelle's cousin Demark all pile in the car to drive to Branson. Demark is excited for the trip and tells Chevelle she needs to clear the cobwebs and experience something different. And Chevelle enthusiastically agrees, and let's remind ourselves that Myla is in the backseat here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chevelle then tells Demark that she went out with Jay, and Demark is just shocked because that's his friend. Chevelle says that she's still in love with Quaylen, but Jay made her feel her worth. Demark is clearly annoyed she's not over Quaylen. Quaylen says he's not a slimy-ass person, he just made a mistake, so he decides he's headed to Branson to get his family back. He hopes that Chevelle is in a place where she can actually listen to him. All right, so I think they were definitely trying to play up, and even Chevelle, trying to play up that there was another man in Branson. 
So do you think there is another man in Branson like Quaylen seems to think? Like he seems to think that he needs to save Chevelle from this other man. But I feel like if there was another man in Branson, Demark would have known about it, and they would have been—he oh, yeah. would have been talking that up, right? Like, I feel like that too. I, I, I am. I mean, I, I, I feel what Quaylen, where Quaylen's coming from, because if I hear that somebody's going to Branson, and they're excited to go to Branson, and they're less than seventy years old, then I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? There's gotta be. <laughs> someone there right i know i know you ain't going to watch like you know all the old timey shows at all the theaters in branson like that's what i associate with branson is all you know like i don't even know people that aren't dead like but the people who are knocking on the door that did the old timey things like a huge theater thing for old people like that's the only thing I know about Branson, Missouri. I know nothing about Branson except oh, yeah. I've heard it mentioned on random TV shows and movies. They never visit Branson, but it's like mentioned. Right, because Branson is like it's like Vegas for like lame old people. Like there's theaters and there's shows, but there's no gambling or drinking or anything like that. Huh. I just want to watch old people do shows and yeah. you know have a have an have an early buffet and go go to bed. That's what I associate with Branson. I just think that this is such either a fabricated idea or a dumb idea because it's like, okay, she hasn't even told you where she's going to be. This is kind of like David and Lana from before the 90 days where David just decides, I'm going to go find Lana. It's like, what, are you going to roam the streets like (laughs) hoping to look, find her randomly walking? That's true. Like, I kind of feel like that's what this is too. I don't know how big it is, but yeah, he's just going to go to Branson. I mean, which is a little bit more believable than if she was like, oh, I'm going to go to St. Louis. Then you'd be like, was he just going to randomly... I mean, I think he'll probably do that. Do similar to David, show up in Branson and be like, yo, I'm in Branson. Have you seen my girl? Have you seen this woman and this child? I think he'll text her and be like, I'm here. Like, not just like, I'm kind of around. I don't know. It all, everything seems very, very weird, including drawing on the picnic table. Oh, gosh, that was so weird to me. It's like, that's. I, I get that it's a more innocent form of graffiti, but it's still vandalism and graffiti. I mean, and I guess it washes off and everything, but I was like, I, I kept just... But like, does was it? it? A, was it a public like, It definitely looked table? like a public picnic table. You know, they say those markers are washable. They mean washable off of your kids. Like, you can wash it off their skin. You can wash it out of their clothes. But if you're, like, drawing on the wall, it's not so much washable. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she brought with her, like, if she brought like a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser with her to like finish up. But I was like, would it just be easier to just bring paper? You already brought the markers. I know. I don't, I don't really understand what was going on there. Yeah. I just don't think that Quaylen really, he really bothers me for a lot of reasons. It's like he's finally admitting that he made a mistake. Yes. But it's like to fix the mistake, you're going to mess up her relationship with some other guy, like assuming that, you know, everything in his head is playing out the way it is. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that's is messed it, up. Yeah. I mean, it just, but it's, it's selfish. I it's mean, he's super just cares, selfish. It just cares about, he, like, he's like, I don't want, I don't care how happy she is. She belongs to me. I need to be there. I need to have yes. my, I this need to have my chance. my family. Yeah. I got to save my family. Save her family. Right. Save your family from what? A better man? Right, because it wasn't he wasn't all about this mistake until he lost it. 
right? right? Like it wasn't like he got caught and he was like, oh, you're right, baby. I made a huge mistake and here's how I'm going to make it up for you. I'm like, I hope you can forgive me. He was like, I didn't do nothing. I was just talking. You're going to get on my phone? What are you doing? <laughs> like, like he was really defensive yeah. about it so much that he Super. went to Houston and then like all of a sudden she was like, all right, then we're broken up. And he was like, I can't believe you're making me pay for this mistake. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Oh, gosh. He's – on my terrible list now. I, I don't know how he can redeem his luck. I had a tr- I had trouble. We'll get it to the end. I had trouble with my dunce um, in oh. terms of like every, almost every segment had somebody who was really, really terrible. Yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking of really terrible, Michael, I think is usually our resident worst. Uh-huh. Okay. So Michael and Sarah get together to chat and catch up. So Sarah tells us, uh, tells him that things with Malcolm are serious and she really loves Malcolm. She tells him if, but she tells him if Malcolm has a problem with Michael, things won't be okay. She wants Michael to take the kids and be a good dad, but she feels like he just doesn't have direction. Michael tells her he's stressed and overwhelmed. He is opening up to her to help her understand his actions. He tells her he's been so stressed that he has lashed out and sometimes doesn't even understand his own actions. He admits that being with Maria is what stressed him out because things got bad and the police was involved. Sarah isn't surprised given how immature, childish, angry, and possessive Maria came off when they had their confrontation. Michael admits that Maria created more drama with the police for him than when he was uh, determining his own destiny. He tells Sarah about how he tried to break it off with her, which caused Maria to stop dead in traffic. Michael doesn't trust Maria, nor trust that she wants to keep him out of prison. He tearfully tells us in an interview that their relationship was toxic and it needed to stop because it was affecting everything in his life. Sarah seems to feel sorry for him as tears come to her eyes. She says she knew something was going on and that he was struggling if he missed his court date. Sarah says that Michael has done a lot of shit to her, but she would never call the cops on him. She is happy that he trusts her enough to confide in her. Michael felt relieved that he was able to talk to Sarah, and it reminded him of when they were together. Mm -hmm. So then they hug for a really, really long time. Okay, so later, Sarah brings the girls to visit Michael at his hotel. Sarah tells us that she owes it to her kids to help out Michael if she can, but she's thinking more of the emotional type of help and not kissing his ass or giving him money kind of help. Sarah asks him how long he plans on staying in town, and he says maybe a couple of weeks so he has time to clear his head. Sarah offers to let him stay at her house so he can help out with the kids. Michael asks if she's told her man, and she says she will, and Michael thinks it's a great idea, so he agrees to it. Sarah says she hopes that they can all come to an agreement on communication because, you know, they've both changed after all this time. Michael then pisses off Sarah by saying he has always been there for the girls, but Sarah is the one who's been jealous over his relationships. Sarah is clearly set off and they immediately start arguing. Michael insists that he has never let their relationship uh, affect his relationship with the girls. Sarah is disrespected and offended and leaves the baby with Michael in the hotel room as she storms out with Aviana running after her. All right, so... Do you think that Michael was being genuine in confiding to Sarah, or do you think he has ulterior motives? Oh, he has ulterior motives. Like, he is playing her like a fiddle. Totally. He knows exactly what he's doing. Like, I and I do, do, I, do I think his relationship with Maria was also terrible and causing him a lot of stress? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think like, yeah. he was also 
bringing it up now and describing it the way he was and playing it up as the reason he couldn't go to court so he could get sympathy from her? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He had that other girl. Like, yeah. Maria's not even in the picture. She wasn't even the reason why, she, you know, he missed the well, court Well, no, date. that was him acting out and reasons he couldn't actually even explain because things oh were so gosh. stressful. Like, because I was definitely, before I'm giving somebody a break on them telling me how stressed they are, I need to know, like, at least some kind of what's causing your stress. Because yeah. if, he, if you're like, man, I'm really stressed. I had to go to work, like, every day this week. I'd be like... Suck it. Like, I'm not, like, <laughs> so does happy. everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so overwhelmed because I had a nine to five job. And it's like, oh, do you? Huh? Funny. Funny about that. Like, especially yeah. when you're, especially when what you want is to be me to give you more care of your kids. Like, guess what's super stressful is taking care of kids. Right. And I also feel like for his situation, that's very different than, say, your uh, work stress example, right? Because uh-huh. it's like, yeah, I feel like everyone gets really stressed out about work. But the at the end of the day, it's not like people have all that much choice in the matter because you kind of have to work to live. Whereas his situation, it's like completely of his choosing. It is a life choice that, you know, he can choose to walk away from that stress any time he wants to. There's no, like, negative consequences of it that yeah. would affect his, like, survival. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. And it was like, it's yeah, definitely a stressful situation that you put yourself in. Everybody told you this girl is bad news. Like, it's not like it was any kind of, like, there was nobody who was like, yes, I think you should date this Maria girl. That is a good choice, Michael. Like, (laughs) literally everybody was like, why is there another girl? Why is she in Miami? This sounds like a terrible idea. And so just just going on all that, but like, oh my God. You know who, and you know who I feel bad for, though? The kids. Malcolm. Like. Oh, yeah, that too. Like, okay, so that was the other thing that I. She was like, I'm going to tell him, right? Yes. And I would be like. That phone call would end as soon as she told me, I'd be like, we are broken up. That is it. Okay, well, forget that. Like, this is a serious thing, right? Especially given their history. Like, this is something that if you really, you know, have good intentions. Like, I want him to be around the kids, you know? Uh This is something that you have the respect of your man and you discuss it with him before the offer is even out there. Right. Because I think like the way, the order that this has been done, it's pretty much like her thought, like it's my decision to make and you just kind of have to take it or leave it. Like, I'll be honest with you and tell you that it's happening, but you know, you pretty much have to respect like my decisions and like tough shit if you don't. Well, yeah, take it or leave it means I would, I mean, leave it. Like, cause yeah. it's just, cause if you're thinking about it from his perspective, I was like, okay, this is a guy. And I saw the relationship with him. I saw how she interacted. And, and he told her, I'm worried that you're still in love with this guy. Yeah. And the next call I got from her was, he's moving in. Like, <laughs> like, no, we're done. That's it. Right. Bye. Because she is, because and that the fact of the matter, he's, he's not wrong. She's still hung up on Michael. And we oh, all she know totally it. is. Like, it made me so sad the way she was kind of like, oh, it reminded me, like, you know, that the way things used to be, like, he could confide in me, like, both of them saying that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, she's like reminiscing about the good old days. And it's like, that's not good. Right. No, no, it is. Because if you want what's best for the kids, th- that relationship is not it. 
being in that relationship with Michael, her together, is not it. It's a bad relationship. It's not going to be healthy to have your kids around. Like, yeah. So if you want to help him, then the best thing you do is you have to help him establish his own life and get on his own two feet. You can't move him in. You can't. It doesn't work. It shocked me. I don't know if it was an editing thing. How quickly, like, it flipped, right? They were all talking about him moving in. And then all of a sudden, two seconds later, like, yelling at him and uh-huh. leaving the baby with him. And then, like, poor Aviana is, like, having to run after her mom to, like, keep up because she's just trying to get the hell out of there. Like, Well, she likes Michael when he's contrite. Mm-hmm. Right when he's putting on that, oh, I messed up and things are so hard and I'm just trying to do what I can. But as soon as he says something like, "And I've done my best," she's like, <laughs> "She's like false." Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Which, which can set her off because it's like, yeah, because because that's all the other thing too is if I don't know, it's like <laughs> if, if if you're telling me you what you've done so far is the best you can do, yeah. then why are we moving forward? Because I right. need you, this is not good enough. Like so, definitely not good enough. All right. So speaking of other people who said they, who last episode at least said they were trying their best despite oh, gosh. terrible efforts. Let's go to Brittany and Marcelino. Oh. So Marcelino is in a laundromat talking, you know, just general life things over with his mother Victoria. Also, general laundry things about separating the whites and using bleach. He tells us about how he's pretty much already done with Cynthia, who right now is pretty much for him more like a fourth kid than, a you know, another helpful adult. He complains about how hard the situation is specifically on Brittany, how she can't, you know, just let mom go. And she's worried that Cynthia's addiction could bring some pretty dark episodes into his children's lives. Well, their children's lives. Victoria, who's a recovering alcoholic, says that the only thing that can fix the situation is if Cindy hits bottom and decides to go to rehab on her own. In the next scene, Brittany is really anxious. She has been calling her mom, who has not been answering the phone. And she's worried that, you know, the therapy session they went to, which is what I was referencing when she was like, I've done my best. I feel so attacked. <laughs> has pushed her over the edge. Soon enough, Victoria gets there to watch the kids and Brittany and Marcelino go downtown to track her down. Uh, he thinks the whole thing is, you know, pretty much a waste of time because what are they going to do if they find her and if she doesn't want to get better they can't put her into detox or anything like they won't take your unvoluntarily but anyway he goes along to be as supportive as he can they get to the desert moon um in that she's staying in and they first knock on her door and then nobody answers so then marcelino goes in private eye mode and goes he says he'll get the key at first the attendant doesn't want to hand it over because she's not allowed to hand over the key to somebody else. He says he wants to do a wellness check, but you know, a twenty dollar bribe lands him the key for a good 10, 15 minutes. That's pretty smooth. I was impressed. It, yeah, I was. Uh, they get so anyway, they get the dog out of the car, and then they as they open the door to Cindy's hotel room, the episode ends on like a cliffhanger. The whole thing ends. So the first thing is you know more than I do about it because you're more of a dog person. Mm-hmm. Was that dog wearing shoes? I didn't pay attention if the dog was wearing <laughs> shoes, but um, sometimes you put little booties on dogs, like if they're going to run on like bad surfaces. And I can't really tell, but like if you have like situations where there's like snow on the ground, they definitely put little booties on. Oh, because I, I assumed it was because it, the dog was going to be like walking on like the asphalt in Las Vegas with like the sun beating down that it would be like too hot for his little paws. 
Uh, yeah, that could be it. There, I mean, there's other things too, like if it's too cold, if it's too hot. But the heat isn't really going to uh, help with the little booties. The booties is more for like cold, so they don't like stick to the ground. Okay. Okay. Well, because I, I I've definitely seen people like seen like you know PSAs on my Facebook and stuff about people about the bottom of their feet getting burned. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, dogs, they're, they're kind of calloused at the bottom, but they can still get tore up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> backing up. I mean, so I, I think it's funny that they kind of both seem to come to the realization. Well, it seems like Brittany did. Let's back up. Brittany seems to come to the realization that she's never going to be able to give up on her mom. Yeah, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, it just seems like, and Marcelino is just like in the in the place where he's just like, that's literally the only thing that we could possibly do right now. <sighs> Marcelino kind of annoyed me in okay. this segment. Uh, the reason why is I a hundred percent get where he's coming from. It's not that I, you know, disagree with him. But, I mean, you know, even when they were kind of bickering, she was like, you know, I just want you to be supportive. And he's like, I'm supporting you. Aren't I going with you? You know, it's like, yeah, but the entire time you're like mocking the situation, making kind of inappropriate jokes with someone who's like clearly distressed over the situation. And like, you know, kind of saying like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. It's like, we don't need your negative energy. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a negative thing, but I, I guess I get what you're saying, but I feel like somebody who was, I don't know, I, I kind of was, I was, I was on his side because I think she also needed to be kind of, I don't know what deflated, like, I know she was scared of what she was going to find, right? Right, but right. She also needed to kind of be primed for, if you don't see the worst case scenario, like, be prepared for this not going down like you want it to go down. Sure. I, like this is the, especially when he was talking about the detox and he was like, you know, they won't, you, you got to voluntarily go in. Like, so. I mean, okay. Like I said, I don't think the message was wrong and I agree with him, but it's just like the delivery, right? Just the whole complaining about having to go out there in the first place, like joking about like her mom's situation. It's like this is not the time to be like jokey McJokester. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I don't know. Do you have anything else? Yeah, let's talk about his bribe. That was pretty smooth. Very smooth. It was very so smooth. smooth. I was like, so that's how you bribe people. I mean, I've never bribed anyone. I've never bribed. It. I would, it, it, and that's the thing to me. It would have never occurred to me. To bribe them. Um, well, it would have occurred to me to bribe them, but I wouldn't know how to go about it. Like, that was pretty smart. Like, oh, you got some nice nails. Uh, how about, you know, you get yourself some nicer nails? <laughs> yeah, I would have. I No, I, that wouldn't. It wouldn't. That's just that's just the way I go. I was like, I don't because I, I wouldn't be bribed. I couldn't be. If you gave me 20 bucks, I wouldn't I wouldn't be bribed. <gasps> oh, like, that reminds me. I actually had a parent try to bribe me one time uh-huh. with uh, $500 in cash. <laughs> and which, is like, a, which is getting up there. I always this. My students always joke about bribing me and they're like, how much would it cost? And I was like, enough well, for me to retire because that's unethical. <laughs> that's what I usually tell them. <laughs> that, uh, it's exactly what I tell them. I was like, well, let me tell you how much I make in a year because I'm not getting a job. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job if I do that. So it's going to be at least a couple of years. Right. Yeah. Right, worth of employment. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, this, uh, I ended up turning it into the school and then they had to, um, they actually returned the money to him and kind of with a letter that was saying, if you'd like donation, if you'd like to donate to the school, like, here's the proper avenues of making a donation. (laughs) Oh. So, Yeah. yeah, because I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not risking my job for 20 bucks. Like, no, no, no. $500 is a little bit nicer, but even <laughs> still, I was like, oh, gosh. Right. I Because I, I thought he came in low. Like, I was surprised it worked. I was like, 20 that's it? 20 I know. Bucks, that's what you I thought. You Man. work at the desert moon. Come on now. <laughs> You've probably seen some shit. And also, like, probably think, Wait, I don't yeah. know if this person thought this far ahead or thought this through, but he's probably, like, legit, like, wellness check. She could be dead in the room. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's better that he find her than her. Than me. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't have to talk to the police about finding. But then it's. Then it could be. It could come back as to like, how did you get in the room? Like, what did it, you do? I'm sure she. Would, he would just go back and report it. You know. That's what I'm saying. But in the, when the police came and they talked to yeah. Marcelino about finding the body, they'd be like, "And how did you get access to the room?" I think he'd be smart enough to be like, "Oh, she gave me her spare key." Right. I have no idea. Okay. So moving on uh, to Amber and Puppy. It is the morning after. So Amber and Puppy's mom are cooking breakfast. Puppy says some things don't change as she tells us Amber hogged the blankets last night. Puppy is feeling lost because she has anxiety over finding a job, but she is eager to work. Puppy's mom, Kathy, asks if there was any hanky-panky last night, and Puppy says that if she can't even get the blankets from Amber, how is she going to get anything else? Kathy asks, what's up with them? And Amber says that, you know, they're best friends, and Kathy says she stands by her no-sleeping-together rule. Amber leaves for work, and Kathy decides to set down some ground rules for Puppy that includes not going out. Puppy says she will do her best to stay out of trouble, but she's worried about the Vince adoption situation. Puppy assures her mom that Amber will keep her accountable. Kathy worries that Puppy is more interested in Amber than Amber is into her. So, to prove her point, Amber is in an interview saying she had no idea what their relationship would be like on the outside. Then she gets a collect call from an inmate. It's a man, and she and she asks when he's getting released, and he says he just doesn't know. She reassures him that everything will be fine, and they both tell each other that they love one another. When the producer asks who dat, Amber just gives a sly smile. All right. Who is this guy? Who do you think this I guy is, and how know. do you think Amber met this inmate? Oh, man. So, I don't know, because you can't, like, meet this guy inmate in, like, jail. It's not like some other guy she, like, you know, met. Right. Like through that. So she had to meet him through something. And I just, I wonder, I mean, it's one of two things, right? It's either a guy that she's actually legit in a relationship with. I think so. Or it's a guy she's trying to scam. Somehow. See, because that this is like the scam part. Like, how's she getting anything out of a dude who's in jail? The dude right? Who's in jail. Usually He's it's the other way soon? around. Yes. Because he doesn't have access to money. How's she going to scam him? Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe he does have access to money. Maybe he's some rich guy who's in jail. Who knows? And when he gets out, she's going to bilk him for some money. I don't know. I mean, yes, because the fact that he's the one that's in jail and it usually works the other way around Mm -hmm. um, in terms of scams, you definitely, it definitely seems to be like a relationship thing, which I don't know, makes me really not like Amber. Like, yeah, it definitely made me not like Amber. 
I'm hoping it's her dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, but she called him like baby. Like it didn't sound oh, like yeah, that's it weird. didn't sound like wow. a dad love you like, like back and forth. It definitely yeah. sounded more romantic. Um, but like I just felt so bad for puppy. I did like, too. She just like has and she just she just has this thing that she wants that she thought was going to happen and it wasn't even it's not even like it was denied. It's kind of like then the person she just like stringing her along. Yeah, I think um Amber's motivation may be that you know she's living with Kathy. You know, so it's like if she ruins her relationship with Puppy, that means she has to find another place to live. And it could be the case that Kathy's not even charging her any rent. Yeah. Like just saying, you know, help out when you can, you know, like uh, help me pay the bills if you can, but not like any kind of formal agreement. I mean, that's probably true, but that is like worse like <laughs> now you're stringing her along because you need a free place to stay so i'm gonna yeah, string her along that's and not it's extra messed good. up because let us not forget that kathy's like gonna be on dialysis so there's a lot of like yeah. hardships in this household yeah that you know amber being sneaky and lying to everyone isn't helping the situation totally especially since like i feel like she has a job right we saw her at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. she had, like the beginning of the show she has a job like uh I wonder if she's getting – never mind. Because the Vince stuff, they brought it in Vince. I feel like they just pr- keep showing us, like, flashbacks to Vince, but I don't know if they'll ever see Vince. I'm very confused why they keep reminding us that he's around. I feel like they do because that's the whole reason why they were on the show to begin with. So I feel like it's almost like they have to reference that Vince exists. Uh-huh. But just every time they show him, I'm just like, oh, my God, his face looks so dumb. <laughs> Man. So he's like, yeah, I'm upset. Like, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I didn't get to meet Vince uh, to somebody to give Sean a run for his dumb money, just in terms of dumbness. Well, I was going to say, if I were to compare Vince with Sean, I do think Vince is smarter in a way, like street smart, smarter. Uh huh. But I don't know. He just seemed slow to me. You know, yeah, like, he I just doesn't that. get it. And, like, he had, like, a very duh look on his face all the time. Well, I guess Sean does, too, but. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. So, yeah. what is up with Hanky Panky? Like, that is, like, what? I'm very confused. The actual phrase or why sh- the mom's against no, it? No, the actual phrase Hanky Panky. Oh. Is, uh. bothers me for some reason. Like, it's like, because, I don't know, if she said, y'all didn't fool around, did you? Like, that would, I would be totally on board with this that there was no hanky panky was there i'm like that just sounds so well, weird Kathy to me he looks a little older so it's probably a generational thing right i guess it just it's i i don't know it's it just every time she says it it takes me it just takes me completely by surprise <laughs> of all the things to focus on <laughs> anyway Thinking of, I don't know, people getting taken by surprise. Oh, I really like, as much as I dislike these people, I really did like the segment of Andrea and Lamar. Uh-huh. So after the fight outside of Dulo's house from the last episode, Lamar comes back that night. Andrea is in disbelief and thought he should have stayed at Dulo's house. Upon entering, Andrea immediately starts throwing around cuss words. Lamar is still very upset about how she confronted him, saying that she was aggressive. But Andrea insists that she was just being passionate. He's like, you passionate up in my face. <laughs> At this point, Nyla and Tennyson are kind of coming to the room and are bracing for another explosion. 
then in an interview, they agree that 90% of Andre and Lamar's fighting could be avoided if they actually just, like, talk to people, talk to each other calmly and, like, listen to what the other person said before just coming into the fight by freaking out on each other. But then eventually they come to the core of the argument. Lamar keeping the meeting between Priscilla and Shante a secret. He wants to be able to tell um, Andrea his reasoning about behind what he doing what he did, but she starts yelling at him before she even gets he even gets a chance. He says in an interview that it doesn't matter what Andrea says; they're they're family, and he has nothing to apologize for. But he kind of missed the point. It was really the enlisting Priscilla in the deceit that most upset Andrea, not the meeting itself. And she wants Lamar to apologize for being wrong because you're wrong. <laughs> When he calls her reaction unnatural, for some, <laughs> that makes her calm down for a second. And then she, he, she asks, okay, what happened? We went to the beach. They hung out. It was chill. She says, that's fine, but you need to tell me first. And he thinks that's bullshit. It's my daughter's. I can tell him whatever I want. Anyway, so then she kicks him out. Um, and after she kicks him out, he's talking to the cameras that says, you know, she might have a point, but – Instead of making it calmly, she's always yelling and forcing these huge emotional blow-ups. Andrea hears this through the window and then thinks that the best response to this is to prove his point by going outside to yell at him <laughs> for talking bad about her. At this point, wow. Tennyson just like seems to magically appear over her shoulder <laughs> and tell her to get back in the house <laughs> because getting mad and yelling isn't going to solve anything. Then there's more yelling and cussing as the kids, like, usher her back in the house. Then she has this whole, like, interview where she talks about how this whole Shantae thing is Lamar's fault. And Shantae wrongly blames her. She blames me, even though it's Lamar's fault that he didn't. she doesn't know her sister. She doesn't know me at all. But she says this as they cut back and forth between her taking all the pictures off the wall and telling the kids to bar Lamar from the door. Oh, God. Okay. So let's start... At the end, she was very much like this Shantae thing. Shantae, for some reason, believe blames me. I don't know why she would blame me. Does she have a point? Does Shantae definitely have a reason to blame her? Okay, so maybe I think like it's been just kind of assumed that Andrea has said that Shantae can't be part of the family. And I feel like... If it were up to Lamar, Shantae would be part of the family. So uh -huh. I think, like, it just makes sense given the context that, you know, Andrea is, is responsible. But have we seen hard evidence? Have we heard her exactly say that Shantae can't be in this family? No, we haven't. So mm -hmm. I definitely can see Andrea kind of using that to her advantage to try to spin it. Because the thing that really kind of bothers me about Andrea, and I mean, this is like not just this episode. This is like a fundamental flaw of Andrea, right. is that she cares so much about people's perception of her. Right. This is the reason why she is always trying to come off as a very devout Mormon and that, you know, she she likes this image that she's the perfect mom, perfect mm -hmm. wife, perfect everything. And that's why she was super pissed off at Lamar. Like, why are you always talking bad about me? You know, because it makes her look bad. Right. And I feel like she's more focused on that than these other things that actually do matter. Yeah, I mean, because to me it was like, I feel like she shifted the sands. Like, she creates this 
environment, the way she explodes on people and she never, oh, yeah. when she gets upset, she never talks things out. She just explodes on people. And so it makes everybody around, Lamar included, like reluctant or even afraid to have a conversation with her. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing anything goes wrong, she's like, well, you should have talked to me. Why didn't like, you yeah, talk to how? me about it? <laughs> it's like, this is why I didn't talk to you about it. Like this right here. Right. What you're doing right now is the reason I didn't talk to you about it. You know, and I could kind of also see that Andrea maybe didn't tell Lamar explicitly. Like, you can't see Shantae, right? Right. But I could see the situation where Lamar, uh, you know, tries to spend time with Shantae. And then she gets mad every single time. So Uh it becomes this argument and this big fight and then Lamar interprets that as she doesn't want me to see Shantae. She right. doesn't want Shantae coming around. And that's why he's like doing the things that he's doing. But Andrea could argue, I never told you, you know, that you, you can't see her. It's like, yeah, but every time you get mad, that's sh- clearly showing your disapproval of it. Yes. Yeah. Like you might not have said the words, but it was like. You, you, you definitely made the motions towards it. Like, I, I knew what you meant. Like, right, like, right. And, and, and I don't know. I hate that like, lawyerly, like, mob boss type things. Mm-hmm. You know, if some accident should befall him, I would not be, I would, might, that might be unfortunate. It was like, okay, you, when you said that, you told somebody to go hurt that guy. Like, that's not, right. you can't hide behind, I didn't say that you want to go hurt him. It's like, that, that don't, I'm pretty sure that doesn't even hold up in court. Like, if you say that, we're like, we all know what you meant, man. Yeah, and it's clearly sort of the guy who hurt the guy. And so when she kind of does that thing, that thing, so where were you at? You should have told me because she she goes on. You should have told me. Right. A lot as like her secondary reason when it's clear that it was the primary thing that got her upset. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it, he because as a grown man with his own life and his own daughter, you should have. I mean, with, with Priscilla and whatnot. OK, yes. And especially the part where he told Priscilla to lie. He's not right there. He's no, he's definitely not. Yeah. But I could imagine her saying, well, you should have told me you were going to go. You were talking to Shantae. And it's like, actually, no, that's my daughter. I don't have to tell you that at all. Yeah. I just I feel bad for this family. All of them. Yes. Except for Andrea. I mean, because (laughs) it must be so exhausting to have to make one person in your family happy all the time that everyone is just walking on eggshells and, you know, just anticipating her getting upset at anything and so i do think that's when you start hiding things actually kind of funny random side story i'm not gonna like pretend that it's any different but my mom is a little bit like andrea to the point where my dad hides things from my mom because he's concerned that she would blow up so you know Mm -hmm. i was on that dive trip my dad didn't tell my mom that i was on this dive trip because he thought she would get really really upset because of everything else that's going on and he never told my sister that he was hiding it from my mom. So my sister accidentally let it slip when they were talking on Christmas. And so when I called, uh, you know, when I got back, my mom was asking me all these questions about, you know, the trip. And then I was like really surprised that she even knew about it. So then the next day I talked to my dad. My dad said, oh, yeah, your sister uh, told her. And I said, well, she didn't seem mad about it. He's like, no, she didn't. I was like, okay, so you didn't even have to hide it from her in the first place, right? But it's like you anticipate these people like getting upset about things and you're constantly trying to either hide things or navigate your life trying to make them happy or at least at minimum not set them off. And right. you just don't know what's going to set them off. Right. It's exhausting. Yeah. 
so right. exhausting. If, especially you just do that kind of mental calculation. If you're like, well, if I tell them about this straight up, there's a 50-50 chance they blow up on me. Right. If I hide it, there's a 50-50 chance I might get away with it and still another 50-50 chance they still might not blow up. So hiding right. it gives me a, a, only a 25% chance that they're going to blow up on me. So guess what? I'm going to hide it. Right. Like and it's oh. definitely something that you that, I mean that you had learned as a parent and I always work on as a parent. It's like the things you freak out about are the things that next time they're you're getting hidden from you. Absolutely. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I mean, and you know, you hear about it all the time about parents saying, Yeah, please tell me like if you're their kids, underage kids, if you're ever drunk, like I would rather you call me so I can be like your DD and so you're not like in a situation where you know you're putting yourself in danger. It's like, oof. But, but if you do that, you can't then freak out on them when they call you and they're drunk because next time you're not going to yeah. be called. Like, yeah. And it's different between like and, – and there's and like I'm saying, it's not like – I'm not saying there shouldn't be any consequences when somebody does something mm-hmm. wrong or when somebody lies or anything. It's that blow up, that freak out, that that yeah. feeling that, that it's out of control. That's the thing that, it, that can't be – that just can't – that doesn't work. Right. Right. Uh, speaking of blow-ups, we've got Lindsay. Oh, so Lindsay's talking with her mom, Brenda. She updates Brenda about how Terabelle is not allowed to park her camper on their property anymore. Brenda tells her to chill and put her head down because, unfortunately, Scott does have the upper hand. Lindsay counters and says, well, she has the violence, which concerns Brenda. Brenda has never seen Lindsay this mad, and she thinks that the best solution is for both Lindsay and Miley Grace to move in with her. Lindsay thinks that's a terrible idea since Brenda's house is very small, but Brenda argues that she's a brand new great big air mattress. Uh, Brenda reminds Lindsay that, you know, she can't cause Scott physical harm. Brenda questions Lindsay's endgame with this whole situation because she didn't think Lindsay seemed to care all that much about Scott. Brenda then wonders out loud if Lindsay is capable of showing anyone that she loves them, herself included, because she only seems to ever show affection for Miley Grace. Brenda observes that Lindsay seems to only tolerate people, and Lindsay confirms that. Brenda uh, leaves Lindsay and tells her not to do anything dumb. Lindsay says she appreciates the offer to live with her mom, but she doesn't see why she has to be the one to give up the house. She is tired of Scott having control because of finances. She calls him a fat-lipped liar and says that there's a new boss in town. Okay, so Lindsay seems to think she has rights over this house. Yeah. Whether just, legal or moral, I don't know. But what rights do you think Lindsay is entitled to? I mean, legally, nothing. nothing. Absolutely <laughs> right. nothing. Like, nothing. I mean, uh, yeah. morally, I feel like... Until she can work, he's probably – it's probably the best that he, like, support her in some way. Be it this house or put her up somewhere else that she can, like, she can parole. But, like, because that was kind of an arrangement. And I don't know that she's done anything specifically to break the arrangement, right? Right. Um, but I- – I don't think she has any moral ground to stand on either. I mean, like, at the end of the day, you're right. It's an arrangement. And, like, what's to hold him to his arrangement? Because this is all, like, shady affairs to begin with. I know we think of this as being, like, a transactional relationship. And so she feels like, well, I've, you know, done my end. I've slept with you. You know, like, I've, you know, been in a relationship with you. Where's my stuff? You know? But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well... 
There's nothing, I think, keeping people from fulfilling those things, especially when you're essentially using each other. Yeah, I mean, especially like when you look at, I mean, if you, if you, there's always ways you can put it. And I put it this way is why is she really upset? What what moment made her truly, truly upset on this? And it was yeah. your mistress can't move in. Right, right. <laughs> like that that was that was that was what set her off on yeah. this. Like so yeah, there's really not a whole lot of moral ground to stand on there. Right. In terms of Definitely. you owe me, I'm gonna ruin all your stuff and get violent and and things. And it's like, okay. I mean, he's not in a great moral place either with the no. with the talking to the hookers and whatnot. But yeah, the fact that hurt this entire inciting incident was the woman you were cheating on me with can't move into the driveway. I'm not comfortable with that. Right. And I think at the end of the day, like, even if she had never found all those things on Scott, right? All of Scott's uh-huh. dirt. Yeah. She clearly does not like not getting her way. We saw yes. her freak out when the house wasn't finished. Like, that screaming fit she had mm-hmm. where she told him not to touch her. I, I was uh-huh. kind of freaked out by that. I was like, True. wow, this, this girl, like, seems a little unhinged. No, and she, I mean, it's it, – it, yeah, all of these, both of those situations were like literally a four-year-old's temper tantrum. Right. I and wanted so, that – I wanted another piece of cake and you didn't let me have another piece of cake. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of feel like it, it wouldn't matter what Scott was doing or not doing. It's the fact that she's not getting her way. Yeah. That's why she's flipping That's out true. as hard but as no, she is. But now she feels like she has recourse or she has leverage because he, right. because he has this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny to me that she somehow thinks that, you know, like, oh, well, now I'm like in the right. And it's like, well, you're in the right, according to you, because he's in the wrong. But just because he's wrong doesn't make you automatically right. Yeah, no, no. There there are definitely disagreements where both people on both sides are completely wrong. Like just because he's wrong doesn't, yeah, doesn't automatically make, doesn't by default make you right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so we did not hear from Sean and Destiny, which I was kind of sad about. I'm interested in what's going on with them, especially uh, Sean the bounty hunter yes. and uh, oh, Lacey and Shane. He's got to show up at that pizza place and be like, where are they? I don't know where they are. <laughs> Do they live in the pizza place? I'm confused. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So, But we'll have to wait another week or two uh-huh. possibly until we yeah, 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 get an yeah. update from them. All right. So of the people we did see this week, who was your student of the week? I went with Marcelino just because, like mm-hmm. I said, most of the people on this episode, I felt like every story had a clear villain almost, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. And at least he was – and I just – I mean – he wasn't wrong with his arguments. You can make your things about the tone. Yeah, mm-hmm. what you said wasn't wrong, but your tone. Um, <laughs> but the, I don't know. The the bribe was super smooth. So <laughs> yeah. I actually considered giving it for the bribe. I was like, we all <laughs> learned something from you this week. <laughs> yeah. How much do we learn from people on this show? Not that often. I know, really. Uh, so my student of the week was a fringe character because you're right. It's hard, hard to come up with someone. So I actually said Brenda. Like Brenda says all the right things. Is it's just a damn shame that Lindsay didn't listen to her. But right. I do feel bad for her calm. too. Yeah. I feel bad for her too because she was basically like, "I feel like you don't love me, and you bar- barely tolerate my presence because I have stuff to give you." And she's like, "Yeah, that's right. What's the point?" <laughs> I know, right? She's the worst. <laughs> it does make you wonder, though, because I mean, I, I I'd like to believe people just don't come up that way, right? 
They right. just, yeah, you yeah. know, decide, oh, I'm going to be a terrible person. It's usually because of traumas or experiences that they've gone through sure. you know, earlier in life that typically is directly a result of some some parenting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. What about your dunce? I went with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well-deserved. And this is a just terrible choices. Like, and you should know better. Yeah. And making really big decisions like oh you can move in on a whim did your man know i'll tell him and then clearly not something she had thought through because three seconds later she was already like you drive me crazy and i can't stand you i'm leaving like (laughs) it was just that just back that backslide always backsliding right so dumb all right so my dance was actually quailin um it really bothers me that He finally is admitting that he's done something wrong, but his solution to it isn't, okay, I'm going to let you move on and get something you deserve. It's like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm going to force myself into your life and prevent you from moving on. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And well, okay. So let's, I totally agree with that. And that actually ties into my life lesson Mm -hmm. because my life lesson was at him. Yeah. You are not entitled to another word in that relationship. Right. You are not entitled. I just want her to hear me. Well, that's great. But you, that's great that that's what you want. You don't get that. Right. You're not. So you, you don't. And don't ever. My life lesson then is don't ever surprise show up somewhere <laughs> yeah. to someone who's ignoring you because you feel like you deserve to be heard. Especially nope. if you think there's another man there. Come on. Like you're just asking for trouble. Even if there's not another man there, like th- that's just creepy behavior. That, that is, that is like, I say stalkerish, but that's borderline abusive behavior to just show up and be like, you need to listen to me. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I no, do not, not need to really. listen to you. And you are not owed anything. You are not entitled to anything. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It, yeah. His whole reasoning really bothers me. All right. So my life lesson actually uh, is from Marcelino in this. And I think also I'm a little sensitive of it because I recently had kind of something similar with someone in my family. But if you're going to help someone out, part of that included should be not making them feel guilty or bad for asking or for what it is. Okay. You that's know? fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So that about wraps up for this week. So uh, as far as I know, we have another new episode next week. Yep. Looks like it. Yeah. So we'll see you all then. We'll see everybody then. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.